pitch it. She lays it off. Teresa Palacios. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. One now. This is a bomb fest. Someone's talking junk. Y'all bust them in the eye, and then I'll take the bomb home. Feel it? Talking and some junkin'. I got more pounds than the cops and the junkin's doing. Oh, Josh. You stopped for a second, so I didn't realize. The chemistry. We've got to wake up, but the chemistry is all out of whack. Uh, we That's saved me. it for the back half. Of the that show. was me. That was me. You're too busy dancing to the I was. Theme tune. I got distracted. <laughs> well, Sydney Derby. We've talked mm. about the Melbourne Derby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably have more thoughts. I, I don't want us to sound Melbourne biased, so we've got to, you know, we've got to talk about other other teams. Yeah, fair enough. There, there is a there is another league out there yeah. uh, outside of Victoria, unfortunately, uh, outside of our little parochial lens. <laughs> Uh, Sydney FC nil, Western Sydney Wanderers nil. Mm. Mackenzie Hawksby, will the ball ever go in the net for her? I felt so sorry for her. Josh, it was just... <laughs> not only has she been one of my favourite guests we've had on the show, but she's actually been one of my favourite players to watch this this year so far because mm. I think she's been playing such amazing football. She's been a real great link-up player for that Sydney side and that's the reason they've scored a lot of goals earlier. But unfortunately for her, the ball just will not go in the back of the net and I don't... I don't understand why. Because she had some really great chances over the weekend. She absolutely did. I mean, they completely dominated the opening half hour against Western Sydney, as you might have expected they would. Uh, Big favourites this season, Sydney FC. Um, Probably one of the big three, you would say, in the title race. My pick to win the the league this year. Yeah, so, you know, big expectations and a a wanderer side that's been really out of sorts Mm. in, in recent times recent years rather, but they put up a good fight in the second half. I thought they did a lot more. Uh, it got a little frenetic towards the end of the game. Now, I don't want to diminish how well Western played, uh, Western Sydney Wonders played in the second half, mm. but I will say the last 15 to 20 minutes watching Sydney play, I was quite frustrated at multiple points. Because at times it seemed as if they forgot some of the basics that have got them to be one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. Some some long range passes in the midfield, trying to do a cross, you know, a cross field cut to Princess Sabini and it not reaching the target when you you know, there was a player across from you you could have passed to and you know, could have done a slower build up. It was at times it looked like Sydney were rushing and it, I think it maybe came down to the fact that they didn't have Remy playing to, playing uh, yesterday, that they were just a little bit f- anxious to score a goal and, you know, mm. go forward. But they have so many great attacking players that I just felt if they were calmer at, at stages, they would have scored and they would have comfortably put the Western Sydney uh, side away. There was one match, oh, sorry, one incident in this match, I should say. That really uh, got tongues wagging and <laughs> well, whiplash just keys, there. St- the, the keystrokes, the <laughs> impressions, social media metrics off the charts Yes, uh, for this Sheridan Gallagher challenge. Oof. Oof. Uh, this is why I have short hair. Yeah. I was no, going to no. say, how would you react if someone pulled you by the ponytail? We wouldn't be having a friendly exchange. <laughs> That's what I'll be saying, Josh, because when I have my other hair... If somebody pulls my hair, I might lose some hair. And if I lose some hair, we'll be having some words. But it was a um, spiteful challenge. It Should was... have been a red card. I don't know if it's in the laws of the game that you can't pull someone's ponytail, but I, I but think the, it's probably an pull, unwritten rule. The pull was a, it's a fierce pull. It was no little tug at all. 
It wasn't friendly, that's for sure. No, she decked it. Um, honestly, that's dangerous. It's yes. Not just about, you know, not just dangerous to her follicles, but dang- <laughs> like you could get a neck injury, whiplash, whiplash from that. Whiplash, yes. Uh, it would really hurt. Yeah, it would. You're yeah. moving at speed and someone, it, that's like a, a takedown move from Mortal Kombat. For me, I think it's a red. Mm. That's just me. Um, just because I don't personally like getting my 100%. hair pulled. I think it's, it's so blatant. I will say, I don't think the ref had a great game either because heading down to the end, there are some challenges that occurred for Sydney and they, the ref, I can't remember exactly which Sydney player went down, but the ref went down as well in the space of 10 seconds and because I think she got distracted that she'd fall and she'd forgot that there was a foul that had just occurred and I was like, so are we watching the same game Probably just embarrassed and yeah. lost concentration. But going back to Sydney, they're a great team and I really enjoy watching them play. I think they are the most fluid team that I see and they they give me the least concern because it was another clean sheet for them. Defensively, they're very structured and very well done. I just think that they're a side that I'm a little afraid that last year they lost Vine heading into the finals and it really kind of derailed mm. them from, I think, probably may, they might have been the better team last year. I'm a little bit nervous as to if they're losing uh, Remy now, if they lose a big player, will they be able to overcome, particularly with the Western Sydney team that aren't amazing? They're a bit, they're a bit of a no- nothing to team at the moment they might get better but just right now when we look at them mm. they're not a very they're not exciting to watch in my opinion yeah they're, they're pretty pedestrian yeah. they work hard but it's a bit blunt up front I think if if Briley Henry can find her shooting boots they will be a different proposition but she, she gets into good positions she does she's very fast and she gets goal side a lot uh, but there was one great save from Jada Wyman I do think a cannier finisher could have could have squeezed that yeah. into the near post and gone low instead of attempting the little chip. Um, but uh, easy to say, you know, as the armchair critic. For Sydney FC, Remy Seamson, I think, is a reassuring presence up front because she is so clinical and she has a lot of experience under her belt compared to some of the younger players they've got in that final third. Maybe Courtney Vine has to take more responsibility on for the goal scoring in, in her absence. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think Rojas, as good as she is technically, uh, is that out-and-out number nine. Yeah. I think she's more of a winger. Uh, yeah. So I don't think they really have a proper backup for Remy Seamson. Which uh, is concerning. And dub squads aren't that deep because is, it's not, yeah. not a long season, so you don't usually need that dip depth. But if she goes to the Asian Cup, then where does that leave them? I will say that a player who I think maybe could have done a little bit more was Princess Sabini. There was a moment late on in the game and she'd done this really great run in the box and it was quite late on. I think it was in extra, like the injury time. She'd gone in the box and they'd really pressed and they came very close to scoring. And then the ball went out and I believe she threw it in, but she didn't continue playing. She kind of stood and watched the play continue without her. And the they Sydney were, went back and, you know, had a few more attempts at goal, but she kind of watched it and I thought if she, you know, got into the game a little bit more like and she was and she was in that moment, she was a little bit more mm. they might have created a chance and, you know, slotted it away. I, I think this is a common trait with Princess Abini's performances is she's got all the talent in the world but 
she doesn't always have her head screwed on right. It seems yeah. like she's not always that super focused for 90 minutes and she doesn't seize on some of the half chances and loose balls and opportunities that maybe players who have that kind of blood-in-the-water shark instinct like Remy Seamson does uh, would do. You know, So Princess Abini, I, I think this is a bit of a tendency of hers to sort of drift in and out of games and not always be that decisive in front of goal when, you know, she's she's sort of a tantalising player, yeah. especially even for national team selectors of Wanderer and the Matildas in the past because she's got that ability to beat players one-on-one. Um, but I don't know if she's ever going to develop that, if she's ever going to reach that next level because it's, yeah, it's kind I, of been a few years with the, the seeing the same sorts of things. I'll be her. honest, I, I believe this in every sport. I, I think it's one of the hardest things to teach and I think it's actually – I personally think it's impossible to teach a killer mentality. Mm. I think you have to want it in yourself and you have to have it there. I think somebody can enhance it if it's already there, but if you don't have it, mm. you will not and you cannot teach somebody how to do it. That's the worry I have, and I hate to say it because she's one of my favourite players in this competition, but bring, coming back to Melbourne Victory, that's mm. the worry I have about Kyra Cooney Cross. When the going gets tough, does she demand the ball? Is she too timid? in games and that's something that she's going to have to work on because she needs I think sometimes just needs a little bit more self-belief and I didn't feel that she imposed herself going back to the other derby uh, as she could have in that game and she really was a bit of a a pedestrian watching the game go on around her while someone like Chidiak for the example was really for all the world trying to influence things and make tackles and present for the ball while everything was kind of falling apart around her. I want to see that level of desperation from Abini. I want to see it from Kyra Cooney-Cross as well. I think something that um, Ante Jukic said, uh, said in the press box when, at the, the derby this weekend. And that's said, Ante Jukic, not Ante Juric, the you, Sydney yeah, coach. Yes. Important distinction to you make. Know, if, honestly, I actually, before I, I met Ante, I, had, I, got, I used to be like, wait, who are we talking about exactly? <laughs> but um, he said that at times it looks like Kyra is very reactive as opposed mm. to, you know, being on the front foot, which is quite concerning, you know, if it's particularly if you are in a, a number 10, you know, and you're even she's not even going to play as a number six. I see that sometimes. I think she's still a fantastic player. I, I remember watch, when, watching her in that first Adelaide game. She, she, when she dribbles, she dribbles really well. Mm. One of my actual things about Kyra Cooney Cross that I want to see more from her is sprints, completed sprints. Because I think if we were to track the amount of sprints she does throughout the game, I don't think it's nearly as many as she should, particularly with a player of her pace and her ability to go past people. She sometimes, you know, kind of is a little bit relaxed because she, she, she's better than most players. Yeah. She's a little bit calmer on the ball, but sometimes you need that little bit of Intensity. Intensity. Yeah. And I think she does have that intensity because at the game, when they were down, I believe, 3-3, three, three, might have been 3-0, three 3-0. Three three nil. Three nil, they had a little bit of a huddle in the in the middle and she was the first. She was a vocal – she was very vocal. She did get the captain's armband later in the game. So that kind of surprised me. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. But I think that it shows that it's in her and her, the other players see it around her. I just want to see it for 90 minutes because she's a great player and – she could get herself mm. playing for Melbourne Victory is fantastic, but if she might maybe has heights of playing in she, Europe, she should have aspirations beyond this. Yeah, this and playing in Europe, you need to show it for ninety minutes if you want to, you know, follow the footsteps of the Sam Kerrs, the Steph Catleys, and the Caitlin Forbes. You've got to have that kind of energy. Absolutely, and she's got all the potential in the world. That's why we're setting this high bar for her. Is because she's 
got the ability. It's so yeah. obvious. And the fact that she was given the captain's armband, as you say, suggests that maybe she does have that, you know, she just needs a bit of a confidence boost exactly. sometimes. I think, so, yeah, and I also think that, you know, getting a new player in there with Chidiak, I think they've still got to find their balance. And, and mm. I don't want to overreact because they are still early in their partnership and I think it's going to be one of the most lethal partnerships in the league. If they can make if it If they click. can make it click because they have such unique abilities that can really help fix some of the problems that Victory have at the moment. But, you know, it's a problem for another day. I guess. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh, what uh, Mr. Hopkins has in store to try and restore balance to the Victory team and uh, recover from this shock result. I mean, Victory had a result last season, even when they won the championship yeah. where against Brisbane Raw, where they shipped six, I think it was. Yeah, so like sometimes these scorelines happen. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. But uh, I can't wait to see them play next and, and see what solutions uh, have been uh, have been worked on. But that's all the time we've got for Radio Dub in 2021. Pixar. Exactly. 2022, we're going to be back better. I have a feeling that our first guest for our 2022 show, she was meant to be on today's show. But certain things didn't allow her to be on. But I have mm. a feeling she will be on our first show, and I'm very excited about that. Just a hint. She runs like... Uh, like we, may have, we may have spoken about her today. Yeah. She she never stops running. She never stops moving off the ball. And she's turning heads. She's uh, she's, she's one of my favorite players. Some, somebody we know, you know, Tara, mm. calling for her to potentially get a look into the mathematics. Well, she doesn't just run. She bolts. She bolts. Could she be a bolter? We'll have to <laughs> wait and see. Uh, we'll sign off for 2020, 2021 here on Radio Dub and FNR as a whole. This is a little catch-up episode yeah. to make up for uh, missing last week. We're going to take a break until the 10th of January before we make our triumphant return to the studio. Until then, stay safe. Uh, enjoy your time off if you've got it. Enjoy the football and we'll speak to you again soon. Pickett, she lays it off to Reza Pilar. It's an absolute...